I am not someone to hold on to a grudge. I think I used to be when I was a little bit younger, but I like to think I've grown up a little bit now. And what I realise is everyone makes mistakes. No one's perfect. Um, and and I can't hold a grudge with someone when I've made mistakes in the past as well. Hello, listener. My name is V, the voice of Pod, and I am the host of Podcaster. Podcaster is a show where I ask podcast creators a number of random questions. Then they give spontaneous, open and honest answers about life and the podcast they have created. Hello, Podcaster. Hello, V. How are we doing today? Please introduce yourself and your podcast to our listeners. Yeah, so my name's Lee Parkinson. I'm a primary school teacher from Manchester. I'm otherwise known as Mr. P across all the social media platforms. And I do a podcast alongside my younger brother, Adam, uh, called Two Mr. P's in a Podcast, which sort of takes a light-hearted look at life in the primary classroom. Thank you for joining us, Lee. How are you today? I am very well, very, very well. It is the summer holidays, so I am just taking it easy. Um, It's been a very tough and stressful academic year with everything that's happened. So I think the summer holidays is a welcome break for anyone who does work in a school. So yeah, it's just family time. Uh, We were out celebrating my wedding anniversary last night, went out for a lovely meal um, and a couple of drinks. Um, So yeah, everything's good. Are you ready? I am. Let's go for it. Great. Let's begin. Where did the idea behind your podcast come from? Interesting. So, yeah, so I um, have been sharing my sort of funny insights into the classroom for a number of years on social media, and I've built up quite a bit of a, of a following. And it was on a family holiday, so we were in Florida. My dad um, took early retirement and always promised us that he would take us to Florida for the big you know, Disneyland holiday. And we were sat in, the, I think we were in like the hot tub in the villa we were staying in. And we were just sharing funny stories because my brother is a HLTA, high level, t- high level teaching assistant in his school. And we were just sat around telling funny stories of some of the stuff children have done, some of the stuff that staff have done. And I was like, you know, we should sit down, record this and put it out as a podcast. Adam didn't have a clue what a podcast was, but I, I, you know, with all the traveling that I do with the training where I'm going from school to school, I listen to quite a few podcasts. I was like, we should sit down and just share some of these funny stories and maybe people will share some of the, some of the stuff that's happened to them in the classroom. And um, yeah, that's where it, where it all started. What do you hope people will learn from listening to your podcast? Well, we always sort of say with our podcast, it's the uh, educational podcast where you don't actually learn anything. So there's plenty of other educational podcasts out there and they are a little bit more serious. They're considered more continuous professional development, whereas ours is a bit more of the sort of staff room banter. So it's much more lighthearted. That's not to say we don't have a bit of a rant about things that frustrate us about our education system, but we tend to keep it as positive as we can. And I think what, what we hope is that people come away seeing that school staff teachers work really really hard do a fantastic job but are also human Um, and we hope we put across the idea that schools uh, can be 
just one of the most hilarious environments to work in because you're dealing with the most you know unintentional just children that are unintentionally hilarious uh, and that's something we like to share no day is ever the same but some of the stuff they come out with some of the stuff they do <laughs> is absolutely hilarious so it's just celebrating that really when was the last time you stayed calm under pressure oh you're asking a teacher that question um I think you have to do that a lot as a teacher, don't you? You have to stay calm under pressure. So any sort of lesson observation where you're being observed by whoever it might be, could be an Ofsted inspector, could be your own head teacher, that is a pressurized environment and, you know, you've got to stay calm. So, you know, it happens quite regularly as a teacher. Um, I do like to think in most situations I try and stay calm under pressure um but yeah i think yeah probably last time i was being observed in school would be would be that which happens more often than than it should really you can only eat one item of food for a month what will it be i'd probably go with something mexican i love i love a bit of mexican food burritos tacos nachos but if I had to choose one item, I'll go with I'll go with burritos. Can you have different fillings each time? So can it be, you know, a, a chili beef burrito one day and then a spicy chicken burrito the other day? So I suppose item, a burrito, and then I can have lots of different fillings each day for a month. I'll take that. Tea or coffee? Coffee all day interestingly enough i have never drank coffee up until i went part-time in the classroom and started my training business where i had to drive all over the uk visiting schools and doing the training sessions i had never drank a cup of tea or a cup of coffee up to that point until i started doing you know i started doing drives that were three four hours long and i just needed that caffeine fix and now I am obsessed. It is, they've just opened a Starbucks literally across the road from my house. And I reckon there are more days where I don't have a Starbucks than when I do. Because it's just on the dog walk. I just take the dog out. We walk past the Starbucks and you just, I'd be rude not to. I need it. I need my fix. So yeah, I think, I think I'm at a point now as well that if I was given the choice between coffee or alcohol that would be a tough choice i'd potentially even get rid of alcohol for for my coffee obsession describe your podcast in three words um describe the podcast in three words i would say um humorous uh warm and humorous warm Oh, let me think in three words. I did think about this question after listening to one of your other episodes, but it's just gone completely out of my head. I had three words. I had three words. And as a teacher, I should be able to just nail out these words because I'm constantly having to think on the spot for 
vocabulary with my pupils. Oh, we don't want to use the word said. See, that's what, if, you could, if you'd have come with that, you know, give me another word for said, I'd have had, you know, bellowed, yelled. But three words to describe the podcast. Um, so, yeah, hilarious, warm, and we'll go with... Honest. I think we're brutally honest as teachers. You know, we 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 don't hide the fact that we're not always professional all the time. We do let you into the fact that we have certain feelings about certain things. We will try and stay as professional as as possible, but there is that human element that comes through, and I think that's something that we share. So I'd, I'll go with honest. So, um, yeah, humorous, warm, honest. Have you ever pretended to know more about a subject than you actually do? all the time all of the time um pretty much everything any subject uh i will yeah pretend that that's that's what being a teacher is it is pretending to the highest level like pretending to your children that you know more about everything just anything just, just playing football with them in, in the break at break time just you know slot a goal just absolutely volley one into the top corner and then turn around to the kids like see that children oh mr p you should be playing for united and i'm like i know i should but i'm choosing to be here with you so yeah pretending is just the art of teaching i think um i mean there are some subjects like i'm terrible terrible at art awful at art in fact when i was at university there was this project we had to do so i did a four-year ba honors in primary education and one of the projects and it was a big chunk of i think like our second year and it was, you had to do, you had to come up with almost like your own scheme of work around a topic. And I chose an, a, a painter, I think, did it all around. Why? I don't know. And um, I actually got a very good friend of mine to do all the work for me, to do all the self-portraits, and all, because I literally couldn't draw anything better than a stick man. So whenever I have to do art in class, I use that line all the time. So obviously I'm not an artist children, but you can see my effort here. I'm hoping you're going to do a lot better than what you're seeing on the board here because I'm absolutely terrible when it comes to drawing or any sort of artistic work, painting, anything like that. Awful. What is your favourite smell? <laughs> um, if you were to ask my kids that, they, they definitely say my own, my own farts. That's what that if you were to ask my children that, that's what they would say. And to be fair, everyone does like the smell of their own brand, don't they? Uh but I wouldn't necessarily say that's my favourite smell. Do you know do you know what's up there? Very underrated as a smell. Bacon. Oh bacon is just I think sometimes the smell is better than the taste with bacon. You know, so as soon as you get a hint that the the sizzling on the on the grill, you just oh, need a bacon butty so i think bacon's up there as one of my favorite smells um but yeah if you were to ask my kids they'd definitely say my farts which interestingly have smelled of bacon before <laughs> so yeah i'll go i'll go bacon favorite smell bacon movie or tv show <sighs> Ooh. interesting because i love both and I love binging. So I'd say more recently, it's definitely TV shows. 
Although one thing that really annoys me about TV shows is when they're obviously given 10 episodes or whatever, there's always going to be an episode that is just a bit of a filler. So movies in that respect, I prefer. But, you know, TV shows, especially recently, the quality that, you know, is getting made. And, and, and I'm a big, big Marvel movie fan. I love the Marvel movies. It's something me and the kids have loved for years. You know, it's a real sort of, thing we bond over marvel films so obviously now they've started making tv shows as well they've been unbelievable so far but if i had to choose one or the, i think i'd probably go tv shows to be fair um i love a binge like i i i can't stand it now when you've got to wait a week for the next episode what we're watching recently and it was like that i think it was um that mayor of east town with kate winslet unreal show amazing but I was fuming. Like at the end of every episode, I'm saying to my wife, "Come on, we'll watch the next one. It's not out till next week." You what? What are you talking about? I want to be able to sit for seven hours straight and binge. That's that's how I consume it now. It's it's all in one go, and it's not the right way, is it? Because I'm shattered the day after. I'm absolutely knackered. Uh, but you always do that thing. You always just sit there. The the, the credits roll up the little button comes up next episode in 10, 9, 8, 7. It's already like half 11. You look over at your partner. You sort of give him the eyes. One more app, And they'll like, go on then. And your next day is ruined. So, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go. Saying that, saying that, just reflecting on this actually. Do you know the one activity I've missed probably the most during the whole of lockdown? It's not been going to nightclubs because I'm not big on crowds. It's not, you know, necessarily going out to eat, rest, although I do love that, but going to the cinema, you know. So I think it depends. The The actual going to the cinema as an experience where you get your popcorn, you get your drink, you, you reclined on your, your leather chair, that I absolutely adore. I love the trailers. I love the post-credit scenes. And so that's on another level to when you watch a film in your house. It's not the same experience, but if it, if we're talking about what I what like to watch on the telly, movie or t- I'll go TV show on the telly. But I do love the cinema as an experience, as a little uh, outing. Can you tell us a secret about your co-host? <laughs> I could tell you plenty. I could tell you plenty that would get him in a lot of trouble. Um, but a secret about Adam is. Oh, let me think. How how do I want to get him in? How how much trouble do I want to get him in? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Do I do I get him sacked? Do I get him divorced? You know, the ball is really in my court with this one. I'm only joking. Um, can I tell you a secret about Adam? He is one of the worst snorers I've ever met in my life. Now, we've we've just come back off a stag do and um, up in Newcastle, and so I had to share a room with him alongside a couple of other lads. And you know, I've I've been in the company of people who snore, and it's not great. You never get a full night's sleep, but you sort of can get used to the rhythm of someone's snore. Adam has the most manic snore pattern I've ever known of any other human being. You know, it can go from just to sort of breathing heavily for a couple of seconds to a full-on snort 
followed then by this weird, almost like you're playing ping pong, where he's just sort of like, and it's like you're hitting a ping. And it's just people snoring different ways, but Adam, they're all combined into his snore. So that's a little secret I can tell you about him, is that he's the world's worst snorer, just because it is just all over the shop. It's like, decide on a snore. Decide what you're going for. Are you going for the breathing heavy? Are you going for the ping pong one? Or are you going for the full on snort? Not all three, because you, you're ruining the rhythm. I can't, I can't get with that. I can't settle in, get used to that sort of rhythm if it's all over the shop. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a little secret about Adam. What song gets you motivated? What song gets me motivated? To do what I, I'll probably ask. Like if 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 it's to exercise, I love a bit of like early Kanye West. Love a bit of rap, hip hop to get me pumped up if I want to go out and exercise. Um, if it's getting me motivated for a night out, again a bit of hip hop. To be fair, massive hip hop hip hop fan. So, um, but yeah, what song motivates me? I might have to just bring up a quick Spotify playlist here as to what motivates me. Um, yeah, I'll stick with sort of hit, or do you want a specific song? If it's a specific song, I will go with, I'll tell you one, here's one, and this is, the, I'll probably get crucified for this, Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. That is a motivating song, isn't it? I absolutely love that one. I'm I'm going with it. I'm going with unwritten Natasha Bedingfield. That gets me pumped up because the rest is still unwritten. It's all in my hands. So, you know, yeah, unwritten Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> what a choice. What is your worst personality trait? I am. What is my worst personality trait? Again, I shouldn't really answer this. You should ask me why. I think my worst personality trait is that I am a bit of a workaholic. I struggle to switch off. I um, am very driven, but I think sometimes that can impact on other areas and I struggle to get the balance right between being, just trying to juggle too many balls, whether it's you know prioritizing the fact that I need to be dad, husband, and I'm working, everything else should come late. But sometimes I, I do, I do, I don't get the balance right there with it because I try to take too much on and do too much. So, you know, there's a lot of plates I'm trying to spin and I don't always keep them spinning. So I would probably say that is that I can be a bit of a workaholic. I can be a bit obsessive with getting work done. So I don't like to leave things. If I've got a task that needs doing, it needs to happen now. I'm not very good. I'm, I'm, I'm not very patient with, with that side of things. Um, can be quite stubborn as well. But yeah, that, that all sort of works together when it comes to work. So I can be stubborn. I want everything done. I don't like to wait. I don't like to put things off until tomorrow. Um, and that can be schoolwork. That can be podcast stuff that can be you know anything to do with my other business the, the the training side of things or posting videos on 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 facebook and that so if i do get an idea for a for a video say then i want to make it right there and then 
you know, whatever else is going on, I'm like, right, I'm going to go make this video. And sometimes I need to prioritize, put things, you know, prioritize the right things at the right time. So I think my wife would agree with that being the, the worst trait of mine as well. But yeah, um, it's obviously helped me to a level of success that I'm at now. But, you know, it does mean that you end up sacrificing certain things at certain times. And on reflection, that probably isn't the best thing to do. So I'm trying to try, I'm trying my best to get the balance right. I'm trying my best to, you know, switch off at certain times and not be completely work obsessed all of the time but it is it is difficult so yeah i'd say that was um yeah a bit of a workaholic what is the best chat up line you have used <laughs> do, do, do you mean a chat up line that i've used that has worked or just a chat line i've thrown out there and you know um I, I don't think I've actually ever used a chat up line. Do you know what I used to do? <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this to you. But whenever I was on a lad's holiday, because when you're on a lad's holiday and obviously you might be on the pull and you, you, you know, they're never from where you live, do you? So what we used to do is we used to make up the fact that we knew people. And this was way before social media. So we were never asked to prove it. It was either, you, you know, you just believed it or not. So I think on a night out before I've pretended to be Peter Kay's cousin um, to try and to try and chat up someone, uh, which is ridiculous because, you know, yes, we're from the Northwest, but he's Bolton, I'm Manchester. It's, you know, we're way beyond. I think I also made up the fact that you know, I was, I used to go out with what she called in Coronation Street, like Sarah Lou from Coronation Street. Because again, I'm from Manchester. She was from Manchester. So I never used chat lines, but what I did used to do is sort of claim that I knew famous people. That was, that was, I've done that a couple of times, which is really sad, isn't it? It's really desperate almost, you know, using that celebrity culture to try and get yourself in there. Um, but yeah, I suppose, I don't know, is that better than using a really cheesy chat up line, you know? should put you and I together. I've never been into that because they never work. Do they ever work? Have you ever known anyone to use a chat line and it works? I mean, you obviously see screenshots from when people do it on Tinder and stuff and it's it's really cringy. It's really cringy. I would not. I mean, I'm so lucky that I've, I met my wife, wife before online dating before Tinder because I would not have a clue. How do you break the ice there? It was bad enough back in the day, you know, when you're in a club but doing it over text messages how do you break the ice so yeah yeah and you couldn't do what i did could you you couldn't go straight in being like oh i you're right i'm i'm peter andre's cousin it's not gonna get you anywhere is it so um yeah never been one for trying chat up lines i just used to uh impress people by saying i knew famous famous people and i'll I'd, I'd, I'd make it clear about it. it never really worked never worked so you know, don't repeat that. Don't don't try this at home is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's not good advice what I've just done, what I did myself back in the day. Are we all born equal? Uh, no. No, I think, um, no, not at all. And I think you see that as a teacher working in schools when you have to deal with, you know, certain children's circumstances and see the struggles and the hardships that they go through through no fault of their own and that can be really tough for teachers and school staff to deal with because you want the best for children you want to help them as much as possible 
and in so many ways we do as teachers but then at the same time there's a lot of things that are out of our control and um, it can really affect you and it can be hard to switch off and it can be hard to just when you know you, you when you, you can see that certain children need certain things but you can't provide them it is quite heartbreaking to see so um from my experience of working in school i'd say no we're not all born equal how easily do you forgive people pretty easily actually i am not someone to hold on to a grudge i think i used to be when i was a little bit younger but I like to think I've grown up a little bit now. And what I realise is everyone makes mistakes. No one's perfect. Um, and and I can't hold a grudge with someone when I've made mistakes in the past as well. And, you know, to hold a grudge, I think it's Nelson Mandela who came out with the quote where it was something along the lines of, you know, holding a grudge against someone is like drinking poison and expecting it to kill the, the other person. Like there's no positives that come from it. Um, you just end up stewing and you end up surmising and you end up creating scenarios in your own head that can just lead to so much negative energy being wasted when really we should focus on being positive. So so I've I've had grudges with people in the past and I've I've been able to forgive. Not necessarily forget, but I will forgive, give people the benefit of the doubt and you know, because I'll I'll have made mistakes as well. Um. Yeah, I don't, Adam's very different to me with that. He's not so, so forgiving. So if you cross Adam, then uh, yeah, you ain't getting anywhere. But with me, you know, as long as it's something you apologize for and you can understand, you know, you can realize the mistake you've made and, and stand up and be counted and, and take accountability for that mistake, I, I'm always willing to forgive because we are human. We do make mistakes. I mean, for, as a teacher, there's no way I wouldn't be able to forgive, you know, with certain things that have happened in the classroom. But I think with with people, family, friends, and and things like that, I am I am quite, I I, I can, you know, get over a grudge. I can forgive people, and because uh, you know whether I forget it, whether I'm then as close with the people, yeah, slightly different. And I always like to think, you know, that's their loss, because then they're missing out on our company. <laughs> Sounds really arrogant that isn't it but you know I, I am I'm quite forgiving I don't like to hold grudges I try to be as positive as possible because life is too short you know no one's ever going to be on the deathbed looking back on the life going oh I wish I would have hated that person more you know life's far too short to hold on to grudges especially for really pointless trivial stuff that's what I hate more than anything else why do you hate that person oh well they once you know they once um didn't butter a piece of toast for me like flipping heck you've not spoken to him for 15 years because of that you know, I suppose it depends on the severity of the situation as well. There's certain things you might I might not be able to forgive, but with most, you know, day to day sort of fallings out you have with people, I can you know in time forgive them, get over it. I like to just be more positive with my time, be more positive with my uh, with my life, because I think that's setting a good example for my kids as well. And I always do that with my kids. I'm very very open as a dad with my children, because the one thing you end up doing as a kid. I don't know about you, but you sort of grow up putting a lot of people on pedestals and you think everyone's perfect growing up. And then when you become an adult, you actually realize that everyone is flawed. Like no one's perfect, everyone's flawed. And that's quite difficult to deal with once you're an adult and you've grown up 
and TV shows and films don't help with that. They always project. I mean, it's changing now, but you know, growing up when I grew up and you had all the you know perfect uh, things happening on, on TV and film, and you looked at other families, you looked at your friends, and you thought you know you thought they were perfect. You grow up and you realise that everyone everyone has flaws, everyone has insecurities, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but what I'm trying to do now with my kids is just trying to prepare them because I'm, I'm a bit of a weird, I'm a stickler for these life rules that I have with my kids. So I'm not like a really strict, tough dad, but I do like to try and embed, uh, a bit of an understanding about life so that they don't grow up and, and go through that sort of same disappointment of realizing that everyone's perfect. So my rules of parenting I've talked about this before. So number one is life's not fair and life is not fair. Um, and life can be fairer for others than, you know, so life's, life's not fair. There are certain things that will happen in your life that you cannot control. The only thing you can control is the way you react to it. So rule number two is you get nothing in life for free, right? So no matter what you do in life, you've got to work hard for it. Hard work will always outweigh talent. So whatever they, I've got no issue with what my kids want to do when they're older. They've just got to learn to be good at it. You've got to work your backside off. You've got to really put the graft in. So that's second rule. Third one, not everyone's going to like you and there's nothing you can do about it. No matter how, you could be the nicest person in the world and there'll be some people who still think you're you're an idiot. You know, there'll still be people who think you're a, you know, prat or whatever. Um, and especially in the world we live in where it's all digital now and the social media side of things, I think it's important to get them an understanding of that, that, you know, you could put, you can put, I get it with stuff I post, you can get 999 people saying it's hilarious, it's funny, this, that, and the other, and then you get one who says, oh, you know, gives you a load of grief, trolls you, but you can't be everyone's cup of tea. So that, I think accepting that at an early age is a good thing. And then the last one, um or is there two more so the other one is uh comparison is the thief of joy so don't ever compare yourself to anyone else because like i say it's never what it seems especially with social media as well we all look at other people's lives and think it's perfect but actually they're choosing to show you what you see um and we all lie through social media that's what we all do we all lie uh, and even though we all know we're doing that as fully grown adults, we then start, still fall victim to comparing ourselves to what we see online. So, again, comparison is a thief of joy. The only person you should compare yourself to is you six months ago. And then the last one, which I think is a really, really important one, is the only way to solve a problem is to talk about it. You know, as a, as, as a father of two boys, knowing how difficult boys find it to open up and talk about their feelings and emotions and the you know, potential impact that that has as far as suicide rates in men in the UK. Um, you know, something like 12, we lose 12 men a day to suicide. You know, if I can get my boys from an early age opening up and talking, not necessarily to me, just whoever they feel comfortable with, you know, the longer you hold on to a problem, the worse it gets. So whenever there is a problem, as long as you speak to someone, you know, that problem will get solved. So, um I don't know how I got onto all of that from the question of how easily do I forgive people? But the answer summarized there, this is a bit like my dissertation. My dissertation at uni, 
was because um, I did primary education and we had to choose a specialism. So I chose ICT thinking that was going to be the future because uh, loads of investments were being made in things like interactive whiteboards. I'm sure everyone remembers if you went to school before sort of 96 or no, before 2000, I'd say. If you went to school before 2000, you probably don't remember them. But, you know, they were the upgraded whiteboards. It was all digital and millions were spent. And my dissertation, the title was how interactive is an interactive whiteboard? I know. I should have got a first just for that. I wrote 15,000 words to be summarized with not very. Um, and that's what I feel I've just done with that answer there. I've gone around the houses to summarize it with, yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, I do forgive people pretty easily. What three episodes of your podcast would you recommend to new subscribers? Oh, right. Uh, so I'd I'd always say go back to the very beginning. I think go back to episode one. Um, that's what I do with podcasts. If I discover a new podcast, I can't, I've got FOMO. It's like I've got to go from the beginning. And I, like I say, I binge. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to, to, to follow the journey because it has been quite the journey. Even the sort of equipment we used during the first couple of episodes, the sort of format, just... You know, it was very unpolished. It's still unpolished now. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's still, you know, um, put together very, very poorly. The production, because it's me, is is amateur to say that the best. Um, but yeah, to then to then follow that journey all the way through to where we are now, I think is 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 interesting. Is would be would be special special to listen to. Um, I think with every episode, I think with every episode, without blowing our own trumpets, there'll be something every episode that'll give you a giggle. Like there's always a story or a line that Adam comes out with that will have you laughing. But I think particular episodes that come to mind, there's one at the beginning of a school year. I think the title of the episode is something like to record the best podcast episode ever. Doubt it. I think it's episode 30 maybe. And that introduces a character that's at my school who we call Mank Kid. So Mank Kid. So you've got to imagine sort of like a seven-year-old Liam Gallagher, Kagool. I mean, he's not allowed sunglasses in class, but as soon as he's out of class, he's got the sunglasses on. And he he doesn't walk, he bowls. He's got the most Mank accent you've ever known. And he just provides so much content for the podcast. So that episode 30 is when he was first introduced and the story that goes with it i think is quality as well so that'd be another one and then during the lockdown during the first lockdown you may remember that the government came out and said yeah kids can start going back to school but only particular year groups um and they have to social distance you know be socially distant and one of the year groups was reception eyfs kids so we were like, are you joking? Trying to get four or five-year-olds to socially distance. So we then put a post out on my social media saying, you know, give us an example of why EYFS kids cannot socially distance. And there were, I think, nearly 2,000 comments, 2,000 stories that came in. And so on, I think it's episode 52. Yeah, early 50s. And it's like to know children cannot socially distance or young children can't socially distance. And there's a, probably about a 10-minute period in that episode where me and Adam are cry laughing, sharing stories of some of the stuff kids have done that other teachers have sent in that just you're just going, yeah, how could you expect them to keep two meters when they, yeah, some of the stuff they do. So yeah, that'll give you a bit of an insight into what an incredible job 
reception nursery staff eyfs teachers do because my hat goes off to them some of the stuff they have to <laughs> experience is um yeah nothing but respect for them as a teacher what one lesson do we all need to learn i think empathy and i talk a lot about that on my training um because i think we do a decent job as teachers about teaching that like kindness tolerance being accepting of other people because you know racism hatred intolerance that's all learned no one's born a racist it's all learned behavior so if you can learn that i think we can also learn how to be empathetic how to be understanding how to be like say tolerant accepting of people who are different to to you um and i think we do a decent job of that in primary schools in person i think the the trick we're missing is how do we teach that online? And that's a big focus of my training. I do a lot of work around digital literacy, e-safety, um, because I love the internet, I love social media. I think it's one of the most powerful tools to change the world for the better. I just think we've got a lot of people who are very naive, dare I say it, clueless when it comes to using it. And I think we've got to teach, don't get me wrong, I think platforms need to be doing more about shutting down things like misinformation, obviously trolling and, and cyberbullying. But I think as teachers and educators, we should be a lot more proactive in educating our pupils around it, teaching children that, you know, their words do have an emotional impact on people, even though they don't see it, you know, it will have a lasting impact. And actually those words can really hurt. I think the biggest lie humanity's ever told itself is sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me because they do. And through social media, they, you know, people have taken their own lives because of it. So it's a huge issue that is affecting a lot of people. And I think education can be one of the tools to solve that. So yes, teaching more empathy, tolerance and acceptance across the board. But if we were to put a little bit more attention and value on online side of things, you know, understanding that words can hurt, that children have to take ownership of their, their words, understand that there will be an emotional impact to everything that they say. You know, it might help us all going forward as far as the trolling issues and cyberbullying issues that sort of plague this beautiful country we live in. That's all the questions completed. How did you find the experience? Yeah, enjoyed it. It was quite intense in parts, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. It was quite therapeutic, dare I say. It's very rare I get the opportunity to uh, be asked those sort of questions so I really do appreciate that, thank you very very much, hope everyone listening has enjoyed it as well and uh, yeah, I, think, I hope I did okay it's sort of the first time I've ever done one of these so I've been a little bit nervous but I've enjoyed it, so I hope I've done okay um, I'm just waiting for the feedback now, I'm waiting for my report my end, my end of interview report bit like when i'm a, when i'm writing them for the kids um but no thank you very very much really enjoyed that thank you yeah thank you thank you again lee for being a guest on podcaster it was nice to meet you oh you too you take care and keep doing the amazing job you're doing as well thank you thank you for listening to this episode of podcaster if you haven't already please subscribe rate and review you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PodcasterPod. This podcast was brought to you by the Chancer Collective. Take care, and until next time, goodbye.